Getting ever closer to the opener, we continue to take a look at some of the great lakes of Paul Bunyan country. We continue our look at Lake Witty today with Dave Weitzel from the Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Office and the details. And we check in with one of the best guides in Paul Bunyan country, Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. It's all coming up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle, celebrating our 30th year. And for 30 years, we have taken a look at Lake Winnie. We're checking in with Dave Weitzel. He is the area fishery supervisor out of the Grand Rapids office. We talked a lot about Winnie walleye yesterday. Now we move on to some of the other species you're going to find in that lake. One of the things about Winnie is I've always heard good northern reports, and when there are so many lakes with the the little hammer handles, you've always had a really good, solid-sized northern population in there as well. It really has, and it's northerns, I think, are a bit underutilized on Winnie. Uh, you know, the when we look at uh, Winnie compared to some of the other large lakes, it, it certainly produces more northern pike uh, than the than the typical large lake does, and I think part of that is because uh, there's really excellent spawning habitat uh, as you move up the first river flowage or the third river. Um, you know, there's plenty of places for these pike to be able to to reproduce and do well. Um, and then they grow really fast in Winnie again because that's a fairly fertile lake. There's good prey for them. Uh, they're they're able to get up to uh, a really nice size, uh, you know, in three or four uh, years. Whereas in a a smaller lake, it might take six years to grow a quality sized northern pike. Uh, probably the only knock with the pike on Winnie is we don't see a, a whole lot of true trophy fish, even though the potential's there. Um, it just seems like fish up to about 30 inches are fairly common, uh, although we do occasionally hear a fish up to 40 inches being caught. So that's not to say that an angler couldn't catch a real uh, lunker out there. Okay. Uh, speaking of lunkers, the state record muskie continues to reside on uh, Winnie, although I would contend it's very likely a bigger one has been caught and released in the past, but maybe somewhere else, maybe on Winnie, who knows. Uh and every year, I do still continue to see at the the big uh, Schneider um, Muskie tournament a uh, few muskies coming off Winnie, but I just don't hear a lot from muskie anglers on that lake. Is it just that you have a few big ones, or is there a good population in there, or do we even know? Well, it's we don't really know. It's it's a very difficult lake to sample for muskies, uh, but the perception is that it's low numbers with tremendous size potential. Uh, and that's fairly typical of, of what we kind of expect to naturally occur in Winnie. That seems to be the history. Uh, certainly those fish seem to be sustaining themselves uh, in, um, you know, low, low numbers, but numbers that are high enough that uh, skilled muskie anglers do occasionally find them out there. Um, but yeah, I think the, the growth potential is very good out there. So uh, certainly a place to maybe look for a trophy. Okay. Any advice on where you might start that search? 
there's some different parts of the lake that uh, one could look for. Um, you know, I'd, I'd kind of look for uh, some of those uh, inlet areas around the Third River and the First River uh, flowage might be some places to look at. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of good vegetation beds out on Winnie now, especially as the lake's cleared up with zebra mussels. Uh, and some of those uh, weed beds have kind of migrated out to deeper depths. Those might be some very good places to do some exploring as well. Um, but I think the, the numbers are low enough that it, it's somewhat random odds whether or not you're going to come across one or not. So, you know, certainly try different spots and uh, see what happens. Okay. Um, for um, maybe just where it's at, there's no act, you know, it doesn't seem to be any real big towns or bustling towns on Winnie. There's certainly plenty of cabins and there's certainly a, a lot of resorts there, but I don't think Winnie gets the pressure a lot of lakes of that uh, that size and that success get. Right, and I think that has to do with kind of the, the remoteness of its location um, more than anything else. Um, although, interesting enough, what, what we have seen through creel studies is that uh, summer fishing pressure has been down a little bit. Uh, but our winter fishing effort is actually up near uh, record high. So it seems like that's become more popular as a ice fishing destination. Um, I think part of that is because of the ice fishing technologies that have become available to people. It just seems like the, the ice aspect of uh, the sport has really grown in uh, recent years. That is so true, and there's been a lot of additional pressure on, on lakes, and you're saying that's that's the case on Winnie as well, huh? It seems to be in the wintertime, yep. Um, how about this past winter? I mean, I didn't hear very good fishing reports anywhere. Well, I think access was extremely difficult because of the early snows. Uh, there was a lot of slush everywhere in the work area. Uh, so it really wasn't until kind of that uh, last month of the fishing season that I heard about people getting out. Uh, the folks I did hear from were having some success, particularly with the perch fishery. Uh, but there were some of those smaller-sized walleyes being caught as well, so that's very encouraging. Okay. As you take a look at uh, Lake Winnie, uh, um, any concerns right now? I think a couple things we're keeping an eye on are, are those northern pike numbers. Um, you know, again, they're they're higher than typical for a uh, – a large lake that doesn't necessarily uh, spell any kind of trouble, but I think what it does indicate is there's certainly some additional opportunities for folks that are looking for a place to go and, and harvest some of these smaller northern pike. Uh, Winnie's an excellent candidate. And again, I want to point out that those pike that are under 22 inches, in a lot of cases, uh, those fish can be produced in uh, three years or less. Um, so it's a very renewable resource for folks that are that are looking to, to take some fish home for a meal. Uh, the other thing we're keeping an eye on is our tulabi. Uh, our tulabi numbers have really declined out there, and tulabi can be a very good prey species, uh, particularly for walleye and northern pike. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, it, it probably has a lot to do with uh, climate and then those zebra mussels uh, because the zebra mussels are filtering out uh, a lot of the kinds of things that those tulabi want to eat. Um, so it, it might be difficult to maintain a healthy tulabi population in a lake like Winnie. Okay. Uh, obviously, what 
we're going to be doing this summer uh, remains to be seen uh, as we try to make our way through this, uh, this weird uh, year we're having. But are there any uh, specific projects that you're looking at doing on Winnie if, when you get the time and the okay? Yeah, uh, one, uh, there, there's several different uh, projects that we do on Winnie. Um, you know, kind of on an annual basis, we're, we're tracking what we call zooplankton, and, and these are the tiny little crustaceans that feed on algae. Uh, those are um, heavily impacted in, in many lakes by zebra mussels, so we can kind of use that as an indicator uh, to the effect that zebra mussels may be having. Uh, the good news on Winnie up to this point, those zooplankton numbers seem to be holding their own, uh, but that's something that we're very interested in tracking. And then uh, every fall we do a gillnet survey, and that's what we use to track our fish populations. Um, so that's just kind of a, a couple of different projects that we're looking forward to in the next uh, six months. Okay. If you were a teacher in a classroom and Lake Winnie was your student, what grade would you give him or her right now? Uh, at this point, I'd probably give it a B. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, certainly a, a year or two from now, as those 2018 and 2019 walleyes grow to a little bit larger size, we're going to be hearing quite a bit more buzz about the lake. Um, but right now, some of those fish just need to grow a, a little bit more. Uh, but uh, the indications up to this point is that they're, they're growing well and surviving well. So uh, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the lake. All right. Dave Weitzel is the area fishery supervisor out of the Grand Rapids office. They get to uh, spend their time on a lot of lakes. One of them is Lake Winnie, and uh, that is uh, one of the uh, real gems of Paul Bunyan Country, one we like to take a look at every year. Dave, thanks for taking time and sharing with us today. We appreciate it. Yes, yeah, always a pleasure. Up next, another one of our favorite guys, Jason Durham, steps in to talk walleye opener and a virtual guide trip. All the details are coming up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Hey, this is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. We're celebrating our 30th year. For those of you who've been around all 30, thanks very much for joining us again. For those of you who haven't been around quite that long, thanks for picking us up. And for those of you who haven't even been alive 30 years, good for you. Well, I'll tell you, in a world of COVID-19 and murder hornets, it is nice to do some things that just uh, you've been able to do every year. One of those is talking to our friend Jason Durham of uh, Go Fish Guide Service in the Park Rapids area. Jason, uh, it's been a weird year, but I bet you're ready to fish. It has been a very weird year, and my goal, Cap, as we talk today, is to not get on the subject of all the craziness that's going on in the world, because I think we hear about that enough, and all the negativity that surrounds it. Let's keep it on a positive note, because what is there negative about fishing? There's very few things that can be negative when you're on the water, and gosh, we have a great week leading up to opener, even though it's not. You know, this warm, short weather that, you know, some people want. But you and I have talked for years about this, that, you know, every year we stay together. There is no such thing as normal anymore, especially when it comes to the environment. And in a year with all this chaos or this period of time with all this chaos, we have had about the most normal spring 
that I can remember. <laughs> yeah, everything's acting kind of like it's supposed to, weather-wise. Exactly. You know, I was. I even I think about like people going out and spearing suckers, and how some years uh, when the opener's on May first, that we can get to May first, and the suckers might be done spawning, or they haven't even started. And this year it opened a little bit earlier on April twenty fifth, and people have had some great success. And I mean, spawning has been consistent. We haven't had these wild swings where it's seventy nine degrees one day and then thirty degrees in snow the next day. Uh, the fish have been a lot less confused, I think. Okay. You know, one of the things uh, about things when, when, when your world gets upended, you, you go to what's familiar, you go to what's comfortable, and we're seeing that in an incredible rise in uh, fishing licenses this year. I think this, in one sense, is a good thing. There's going to be a lot of kids who might do some fishing that maybe hadn't, and hopefully that starts something long-term. I got to tell you, honestly, when all of this started, one of the things that my sister mentioned was that maybe this is the universe telling everyone to slow down, take your time, enjoy time with your family, do some of these things that you haven't done for for quite a while. And I can't tell you how many families I've talked to through, especially families here at school. Uh, Some of the listeners don't know I'm a school teacher as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all the people that I've talked to that have said, you know, we haven't gone fishing as a family together in years. And now there's time, there's opportunity, and people are taking advantage of that. Not only that, but also wanting to get out of the house, get some vitamin D, some fresh air, some exercise. You know, it's a, a great, it's a lifelong sport. We've said that forever. And yeah, take advantage of it. We, we have the time now. Go out and do it. And that's so great to see. We're going to get into what we can expect on Saturday and in the coming weeks of May, uh, fishing-wise. But you've got a really cool event coming up tomorrow night for those of us uh, who get can, can get access to you on Facebook. Tell us about it. So what we wanted to do is, you know, I, I've seen on social media recently where guides and, and anglers with a lot of knowledge have been sharing some of their insights whether it's sitting in their kitchen or garage and they've got you know, lures to show and whatever. Well, we wanted to take that a step further. So Go Fish Guide Service, in conjunction with Crestliner Boats, is going to be doing a live guide trip on Facebook tomorrow night, Wednesday the 6th at 7 p.m. So if you go to the Crestliner Facebook page, you can find us there. And we're going to attempt to go through, you know, really every step of a guide trip, even though it's going to be very condensed. I'm not going to take you out for eight hours if we start at seven. <laughs> Gosh, that's going to be a late night for all of us. Uh, but I would say it'll probably last about an hour where people can ask questions. You can just see uh, my goal is to show you how I launched the boat on my own. There's a couple different ways. Uh, I want to be on a body of water where our drive across the water isn't really long. I'm not going to drive for 15 minutes of the hour. And, uh, and, and, you know, take some casts, show you some different baits and techniques that I use this time. If you're obviously, we're not going to be targeting walleyes, uh, since that's not open, or northern pike or bass. Though, while you're fishing crappies, a lot of times you'll tangle with some of those predators. But we're going to be targeting panfish, and more than anything, giving listeners an opportunity and, and viewers an opportunity uh, to ask fishing-related questions that they might have, and maybe even just... You know, see somebody catch a fish that uh, maybe they've even had had some insight that they've given me during this. Hey, what if you set your bobber, you know, six inches shallower? All right, let's try that. 
So <laughs> uh, we'll just we'll see how it goes, and um, you know, hopefully, even at the end of the evening, uh, cleaning our catch, and it might might just be one or two fish for those who aren't experienced cleaning fish, or just want to see some tips of how I do it. Uh, but just want to give some insight as to how I go about a guide trip and if there's anything that viewers can glean from that. Fishing Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. We're talking with Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service, and he's doing a virtual guide trip on the Crestliner Facebook page Wednesday. But, Jason, might be a while before you actually get to do a real guide trip. You know, we don't know, and I get asked this almost every day from fellow guides, from uh, clients that have dates booked. Uh, one thing that another guide had brought up to me is, have you had many cancellations? And really, I haven't had any cancellations. We typically don't get going in, in my personal business until about the week after a fishing opener. And it's very rare that we have clients that book for opener. And I think that's because... You know, it's still early on in the season. Weather's typically somewhat unpredictable. Not to mention, some people want to go out and give it a go on their own, and they have traditions that revolve around that. And so as of right now, I haven't had any cancellations, but I fully expect it. Uh, at the same time, I know that that's, you know, not something that I'm going to just go out and change automatically. And so it's something I, I kind of have to accept. And it might lend some time for me personally to just go out and fish by myself for fun, maybe explore some of these lakes that I haven't been to for years. Uh, I do have a, a really small boat that I haven't spent a lot of time in in the last several years, and I'm excited to take that into some of these back backwater lakes, backcountry lakes that uh, you know I'm not going to pull my big guide boat through the woods sure. to get to. Boy, that's a, that's a good point, as you were saying before, you know, um, people slowing down, doing things they haven't done for a long time. And, and this is something that, uh, yeah, uh, the serious angler who spent a lot of time on the big water um, now can maybe say, you know what, today I'm going to that little uh, uh, hole in the woods lake, you know, back there. Um, that could be a lot of fun. You know what I'd be interested to see? You were saying that there's been a spike in license sales, fishing license sales. I would be interested to see if there's a spike in sales of waders, float tubes, and kayaks. Mm, Because I've seen so much of that and and people going back to their roots and and really fishing basically. Um, Even, you know, a lot of these manufacturers that produce boats haven't been open and, and operating for a while. So people that have ordered you know, special ordered boats are still waiting on them. So, you know, going back to the basics is not necessarily a bad thing. No, it is not. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's look ahead. You said we had a pretty good spring. We had a good spawning uh, situation. That should lend itself to a good start to the fishing season. I would think so. Uh, of course, <laughs> I thought we had a great start to the school year, personally, but it sure ended a lot differently. So, True enough. You know, that's something we, something we can't really predict. But, you know, based upon what we've seen so far, this has been great. And, you know, people around here have been catching fish, and I've definitely seen a lot of anglers out. 
of course, they, you know, they've been respecting each other and practicing the social distancing, which is good to see. Um, but I've seen some really great catches. The crappies are going really well right now, along with, you know, bluegills that are mixed in there with them. And the countless stories of people tangling with largemouth bass as they're fishing for the crappies. It's just, you know, pretty much inevitable. Uh, and then the, the northern pike mixed in there, too. So, you know, there's a lot that's biting. And, and this is the best time of year for people that don't have a boat. For them to go on a shoreline and be able to have really good fishing success. One thing that, that um, drives me a little nuts is there are some community areas that are well known for, for good panfish success this time of year. And there will be a number of anglers on the shoreline casting out to you know, somewhat the same area. You know, they're not crossing lines or anything like that. Uh, but then I see somebody that'll launch a boat and, and anchor their boat right in the middle of where everybody's casting. And I just think, you know, that angler has the opportunity to travel anywhere they want on that body of water or really to go to any body of water and explore. So give those shore, shore anglers a little bit of space and let them enjoy this period of time where they're going to be able to have some really good fishing success with really just the very basics that they need. Very good point. Uh, and uh, for the show an- shore anglers, you know, uh, do take care to um, social distance and do the types of things they're asking you to do. I think that's really important for us if we want to continue to be able to get out there and angle is to make sure we're following the rules set forth by the the, the uh, health officials. And not only that, but still keeping in mind the other you know rules that we have, and, and some of them are unwritten rules. I always say there's a fine line between legal and ethical mm-hmm. and so think about you know the size of the fish you're keeping the number you're keeping i would say in minnesota really our our limits are very liberal you can feed a lot of people on one limit of one species of fish and then of course just that conservation mind of if you pack it in pack it out i went and cleaned up an access the other day that i couldn't tell you how many bottles and cans were there and you know, just haphazardly left by anglers. And we want to keep our, our accesses, our lakes and waters pristine. And so it's, it's all our duty to make sure that that happens. And sometimes that's picking up after somebody else, too. Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. A lot more with Jason tomorrow. He uh, does a lot of guiding in the Park Rapids Nevis area. So we'll take a closer look at some of those waters as we get ready for the opener. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for joining us. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country is presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.